You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Well, Daniel, here we are in Burgos, dining in a very nice restaurant. This chimes for Jay Rayner, nice. This chimes for me with um, a famous Italian phrase. In bocca al lupo, you're thinking of good luck. In the wolf's mouth, you say literally in Italian. But this place, is this not the Spanish equivalent? La bocca del lobo, the wolf's mouth, but it doesn't have the same significance in Spanish. Well, you learn something new every day. Anyway, it looks very nice. We're eating very nice food. And in this first episode of Columbus Zero from the Vuelta a España, we're going to hear from our three audio diarists. This is our introduction to our three audio diarists. I mean, James Knox of the Koenig Quickstep really needs no introduction. He's kept, well, I can't keep count of how many audio diaries he's kept now for the Slugling Podcast, but always very popular. James is very honest, very raw in his uh, retelling of the race. And when we asked if he'd be willing to do an audio diary for us again this year, he seemed very keen to do so. It's become part of his ritual of doing a Grand Tour. So we're going to hear again from James Knox. Daniel, what do you expect from James Knox in this Vuelta? Well, I expect, well, I think James Knox will be delighted about the fact that he should have a lot of freedom here at the Vuelta. He's performed very well in the Vuelta before. He performed extremely well in 2019 when he was flirting with the top positions, the top 10 for, well, throughout the race. And it's going to be really interesting to see how he gets on in the mountains. Obviously a race that he enjoys. He has proven himself and his abilities in this race so um, yeah and we will follow him with great interest and it's the first time he's done two grand tours in a season so that I think will be of of interest to him as well Um, our second diarist Pavel Sivikov he kept an audio diary for us at the Tour de France last year it was a sort of a bad omen maybe because he had two terrible crashes on the opening stage and I remember wondering whether we would actually hear from him at all but he stuck doggedly to the task of sending us daily diary entries and it was actually although it was a, a terrible tour for him um, it was great to get to hear what it was like to just suffer through the tour with his crash wounds and to readjust his sort of expectations um, throughout that race so he's keeping an audio diary for us again this year I mean Pavel Sivakov a rider who's clearly very talented he's ridden well at the Giro he's won the tour of Poland you know he's won world tour races um, but here at the Vuelta, he seems very much to be in a supporting role. And he seems quite content with that. Um, Adam Yates, Richard Carapaz, Egan Bernal, all above him in the pecking order. Um, I don't know. He's at a point in his career where you might expect him to be leading a team in this race. But any Oscar Nadeers, that's not very easy, is it? It's not El Cid, of course. We're in Burgos, the city of El Cid, the famous military mastermind of the... 11th century in Spain. I actually told him about this tonight that he's been called, um, the nickname El Civ has been coined. And I originally described El Civ as a warlord. I then changed that to soldier, which I thought had less negative connotations. El, yeah, El Civ, campeador, a master of the battlefield, um, who reigned for, for many years over Valencia. So we're going towards Valencia, and there's an uphill finish there at Cullera, and there's another uphill finish not far from that Balcón de Alicante. So I expect to see El Civ come into his own on those, on those stages. I mean, I'm, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's made a, a, a gentle start. He's, you'll be hearing his diary entry from today's stage, which was stage two that 
he sees comments on social media about him having lost time today. That's very much part of the plan. You know, he is here as a domestique to help writers, but knowing his talent and knowing that, you know, anything can happen in Grand Tours, anything is possible with El Civ. Our third diarist, Joanne Bao, uh, a left field candidate this one, um, Uskatel Uskadi rider. He's 24 years old. I met him five years ago on a training camp in Gran Canaria. He was then part of Alberto Contador's development team. A very bright guy, spoke really good English, um, and he was at university then studying sports science. And he was very keen to and very determined to continue and finish his studies. Um, but he's he's ridden for an Italian team for a couple of years. He's now with Uskatel Uskadi, a very famous familiar team the orange jerseys are known and loved by cycling fans who followed cycling in the last 20 20 or 30 years that team's been revived Joanne Bao is part of that team Daniel I'm not going to ask you what you expect from Joanne Bao but what do you expect from Joanne Bao I am actually going to ask you that well Rich he confused and confounded me or rather the commentators on the the feed that I was watching for the Vuelta Burgos um, a couple of weeks ago they were continually confusing me because they kept talking about an attaque de jambo and I kept thinking well jumbo visma are not in this race and it was our it was our audio diarist who was very aggressive particularly on the stage at Lagunas de Neila the the big the queen stage of the Vuelta Burgos good climber promising rider and you know Caja Rural um, BH Burgos Biache and um, Jambo's team they well it's a big audition for them isn't it the Vuelta because you know we've talked a lot in the last few months last couple of years about Movistar and how they've you know they need to reinvent themselves they're on the lookout for Spanish talent that hasn't been picked up and there are a lot of these sort of guys in their early 20s who will be very aware of the fact that there are there are opportunities potentially to move up to the world tour and hence i expect their performances to reflect that at this vuelta well we really wanted to hear from uh, a rider on one of those teams and john Bow was the perfect candidate uh, we're very open and they're very open to questions from you as well so if you have a, a question for any of our audio diarists please uh, send it in by social media or by email contact at the but without further ado, let's cross over and hear from our audio diarist at this year's Vuelta. Hi everyone, I'm back again. I'm starting to imagine you're all getting sick of hearing from me, but anyway, I keep getting invited back to do the diaries, so... I'm here, um, back to comment on another Grand Tour this year, my second Vuelta, and also, yeah, the second of the season, so I guess in some sense, entering new territory for me, interested to see how this Vuelta goes, very happy to be here, haven't raced so much since the the last time I spoke to everyone on the diary, Um, I had a good holiday after the Giro, well-earned one, and then plenty of solid training. I went to Tokyo as a reserve, but in the end didn't race, um, but still had a great time and great experience. And then since then, just San Sebastian, and now here I am in Burgos, ahead of the time trial this evening. Um, so yeah, difficult to say exactly how I'm going, but I've had a lot of time training. Training's been going well generally, so yeah, I guess I'm uh, excited to get stuck in as ever, and yeah, quietly confident that I can have a, a good race. But, you know, we'll see how it goes, you know, as the 
That seems to be the, the way in a Grand Tour. I'm not going to start pipping off any massive um, ideas of what I'm going to do, this or that, but yeah, I'd like to get stuck in. I'd like to have a double for GC, and then if that's not working out, try and go for some stages. You know, the we've got a sort of stage hunting team here, in a way. Uh, we've also got Maori, Van Sevenant, young guy who's probably got GC aspirations in the future, but probably not here. And then Fabio and the and the boys to help him in the sprint, and also uh, Andrea Baggioli, who's come back from a knee injury at the start of the year, but he's got a good kick, he's a punchy rider, and he climbs very well, so I think um, between the eight of us, we should be able to get involved. And then, yeah, other than that, very relaxed start. I'm getting into the Spanish way already. Nice lazy morning this morning. The parkour is open to riders, so I have a final look at later, I think at about 3pm, so we're going to Pootle, 2-3k into Burgos from our hotel, ride around 2-3 times and then come back and then yeah then from there it's just getting up for a, a late kickoff for the for the prologue this evening but yeah it's a nice course actually, start of the cathedral, climb up a bit, uh, fast little descent with a few tricky corners and then just sort of hold on into town really, a um, couple of long straights couple of k of uh, more narrow twisty and some pave to finish so actually i think it's quite a nice course i think it's tricky to call a winner i think you've got to be pretty explosive pretty fast on the descents and around the corners just to maximize every every second here and there if you're really gonna take the win but i've seen that roglic is uh, the big favorite but yeah i think there could be some of those uh you know sprinter prologue specialists who might you might catch him out so yeah um, and from from us, we've obviously got Cherney, Joseph, good TT rider, and I think he'll be excited to get stuck in as well. So yeah, that's um, I think that's all for the moment. Not much else to say. Give a little debrief after the after the prologue this evening, and uh, yeah, any questions or queries or whatnot, fire them over on Twitter or or any other means. I'll get round to answering them. But other than that hoping for a, a good three weeks. Back in the hotel room now, just watched the end of the TT. Um, Roglic taking the win ahead of Aramburu. But Cherney and Bajoli doing very well for us. Um, Bajoli, I think he's in the white jersey, so that's <clears throat> a nice start for us. Um, wasn't such a nice start for me. I really, oh, I really suffered to be honest. It was, uh, I don't know if you can hear, but oh, my throat is ripped to pieces. Um, really suffering. Uh, explosive effort. You know, got that. Um, what's the right way to describe it? Just like, yeah, just dry, <clears throat> irritated uh, throat from the from the effort in the hot, dry air. So yeah, a bit of a shock to this welder, to be honest. To get it up going, but um, happy it's done. Anyway, I tried to get out, get out hard and do the climb, uh, full gas. Um, but I didn't feel that great. I was just sort of hanging on, and then yeah, tried to survive, taking no risks. But yeah, really, I suffered a lot. I didn't feel great. <sighs> so yeah, just happy that's done now. Um, not really much to say to be honest. Um, it's a very hot day, obviously, but it did cool off by the time for my TT. So no excuses. But, Hopefully, feel better the next few days.
not a great start. Managed to already forget to do the audio diary after only the first stage, uh, first road stage anyway, but here I am, morning of day three. It's drastically cooler. About to get on the bus. Um, but yesterday was alright. Very hot. I think it was like 38 degrees. We had a lot of stress. Thinking there was going to be crosswinds or everyone was prepared if there was going to be any crosswinds. But in the end, the wind was a lot less than forecast for one. And uh, it seemed to come a lot more crosshead head um, in the important moments, the most exposed parts of the race. And then, yeah, we had a, a bit more tailwind, cross tailwind at the finish. But uh, yeah, it was just fast the line. Um, I did lose a little bit of time. I broke a wheel. My front wheel got sort of taken out, but didn't crash just before the big crash I think yeah I was just chasing back on I changed the bike at like just after 6k sprinting in between the cars and then yeah there was the big pile up uh, between 5 and 4k to go um, so yeah a bit disappointing to lose a bit of time but I chased as hard as I could um, almost got back to that group with uh, quite a few of the big other favourites but yeah I felt good um, managing the heat alright kept drinking as much as I could taking trips back to the car ice down the back of the neck every time I was at the car poured a cold water over my head things like that and just yeah uh, amazing really sort of get used to riding in in the heat I think it was like 38 degrees average temperature so yeah pretty hot um, but a lot lot colder today um, and yeah we got a summit finish today a lot of headwind sort of curious to see how we go to be honest you are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. I'm Daniel Hall. I'm the development uh, program manager for Team Nova Nordisk. Uh, I help manage the talent ID camps here. We have the professional team, and then we have our development team, which is the feeder team for the professional team. And we always are filling new spots. And so really this is just the tryout camps to qualify for their, our development program and development team. In years past, we've just had people apply to our website online, and they just uh, present to us their, their story and their, their resume. Uh, from there, they, we kind of just can see what their training is, and they upload training every month, and we keep an eye on them through that. Uh, it's been interesting, actually, through the whole COVID experience that we've actually switched to an online platform through the Sufferfest. And we have uh, two virtual camps now, and people qualify through our virtual camps in order to come to our physical in-person camp. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of forced us to get with the program of, of uh, the virtual experience on the bike. And um, through that whole, whole experience, it's actually been pretty valuable because we can really see how strong the riders are. The virtual stuff is, is great for finding a really strong and physically gifted athlete. But sometimes, I think, as everybody knows, that doesn't really translate to the road. Um, the, I think having the in-person camp is invaluable, especially because, I mean, that's what we do. We, we race on the road. We race in, in real life here. And there's a lot more to it than just who's the strongest. There's a lot of tactics involved. You have to be, be smart. You have to know how to save your energy. It's not just a one-hour effort on the trainer. It's, it could be a four- or five-hour day, five-hour race. Uh, we have descents, so you have to be able to handle your bike. Um, if you're if you're trying to be a sprinter, you got to be able to handle your bike in the group and be and be physical and be aware. The in-person part is, I would say, it's 75% of everything that we need. And uh, it's actually interesting because sometimes we have some riders that their power numbers on the trainer are incredible, 
but that doesn't really translate to the road. And so we'll have people that we really think are gonna be the strongest riders when they come to camp, but then when they get here, we actually see that they actually can't keep up with everybody. Started the re-entry for that uh, 2021 Vuelta. Um, what else can I say? Happy to be here. Happy to be back with a cycling podcast. And uh, yeah, hope to have uh, three great weeks uh, around Spain. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a special season this year uh, with crashing out of the Giro um, with Olympics and yeah. Yeah, really happy to be to be here on the last Grand Tour. I think uh, it was was really important for me to get to get a selection here. Uh, wasn't easy, um, wasn't easy that's for sure. But yeah, I'm here um, with the boys. We've got a super strong team, uh, super strong leaders here. So uh, really hope we can uh, we can fight for the win during these three weeks. So yeah, yesterday was um, was a team presentation. Yeah, still. Uh, can still feel um, the the impact of the COVID on um, on that kind of things, really. Yeah, not many people, and yeah, nothing nothing uh, special to say about that. Really, uh, it was quite yeah, quite quick, quite simple. Nothing nothing crazy. I remember my first uh, when I did my first fault in two thousand eighteen. The presentation was was nicer in Malaga, uh, that's for sure. You know, but uh, yeah, uh, everyone now. Uh, understands what the why it's it's all be like this so yeah uh just uh just a new world i would say a little little prologue tomorrow little tt uh good good to start like this i guess um because uh, it's gonna uh, it's gonna yeah give more or less an order to uh to gc on the first day and uh, a bit more control over the race less less stress even if it's gonna be a really stressful day because of the the terrain and the wind, uh, I guess it's always nice to start with a little prologue. Bit late, I have to say. Really, really bit late. Um, my starting time is uh, nineteen thirty seven, which is which is usually uh, yeah the time I've got I have dinner normally. So yeah, proper Spanish time. Uh, I'll have to to settle into that uh, that Spanish timing now from now on. <laughs> Late finishes, uh, late dinner. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest. But um, yeah, uh, like uh, yeah, like I said, not a big fan because yeah, going to bed with a full belly. Yeah, looking forward to that one. I did a little recon uh, yesterday and uh, going for another one tomorrow with uh, with closed roads. Um, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be uh, basically up and down. Um, Good, good deal, punchy TT. Uh, it's gonna suit like the actually, it's gonna suit our leaders really well. Uh, I think it's good course for them, and uh, yeah, just keep tuning in and uh, uh, yeah, hope to to give some some good insights throughout these three weeks. At the moment, nothing is really happening. Is like the usual um, the usual stuff uh, a week prior to to a Grand Tour. 
And yes, yeah, start my second Volta. I hope to to create uh, better memories this time. Uh, last time I didn't finish. Uh, I crashed, I think, on stage nine, and then the yeah DNF on stage fourteen, I guess. So yeah, really hoping that this one will go better. And yeah, I think it will. Honestly, I don't want to think uh, otherwise. <laughs> okay, so stay tuned in and listen to a second podcast. Hey guys, um, first stage of the Vuelta, a uh, little prologue around Burgos. No, it was, uh, was a beautiful course in the town of Burgos, starting at the cathedral, finishing near the cathedral as well. Uh, good little hit out in the hill uh, in the first part and then uh, pretty technical downhill and fast, fast finish. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, everyone overall in the team did a pretty good job. Uh, we all had a good... Uh, a good little prologue. Um, Chapeau to Roglic. Uh, yeah, he just smashed that one. Uh, we had Dylan leading for a bit, Adam leading for a bit. So no, it was uh, it was a good day for us. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it was really warm, and uh, well, for me personally, I was trying to find a good uh, good strategy, uh, like cooling down strategy in between, in between the. the 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 warm up and the the start uh what what's best to do ice fest no ice fest and uh yeah um i think it was a good learning for this uh for the rest of the race and obviously for the future how to to manage these these super hot days it was was warm as i said super super dry like you could feel when i did the recon the three laps of the course and Oh, my mouth, my mouth was just super dry, and same during the warm up, I just had to to sip a bit of water to um, make my my throat a bit more wet because uh, yeah, otherwise it was was not something really comfortable. And yeah, then uh, big heat out, full gas effort. Uh, I think it's a it's a great opener for the rest of the race for what's coming, and probably today is gonna be um, it's gonna be a yeah, a fair amount of stress. Uh, might be some crosswind or like part of crosswind. Uh, might split, might not split. Uh, but it's gonna definitely be stressful. I think uh, everyone will know where is the the crosswind part, and everyone will want to be in front at that point. So, so yeah. Uh, in these days like this, sometimes you even wish there is some wind because no matter what, there will be stress, and you want that stress also to be for something. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, normally it's sprint day, pretty straightforward. Be stressful. One of those uh, typical, typical uh, first stages of a Grand Tour. The good thing is probably that that uh, we had a prologue yesterday, so there is already kind of a leader, someone to pull, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's gonna be hard to take the red jersey. Uh, let's be honest today. So uh, yeah, you know. This will be more of a battle for the the the, the stage win for the sprinters, and then straight into the business tomorrow for the the GC guys. So, uh, no good uh, good exciting first few days. Yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens today. I'll keep you updated, uh, and yeah, um, hoping to have a good one. We'll and try to enjoy that one as much as possible. Cheers, boys. Hey guys, first road stage of the Vuelta done, done and dusted, uh, finished safe and sound, was supposed to be 
Bit of a crazy day today. Honestly, I think uh, everyone was really nervous about that day today. Uh, super hot day, super hot stage. We started. Um, I could feel a bit of tension, you know, uh, on the start line. Everyone was expecting a lot of wind. Obviously, the Burgos area is really open, and um, I've done Burgos last uh, last week, tour of Burgos, and uh, realized that. Yeah, I was uh, was expecting a bit of a crazy day. It was a bit more calm than expected. Uh, obviously, a bit of stress in a, in a bunch, as always, on uh, those opening days of a Grand Tour. Um, yeah, uh, nothing much to say, really. We started in the, yeah, in the, in the wine region, really, uh, Ribera del Duero. I wish we <laughs> we were on a, on a wine tour uh, and not stressing around in the peloton. Uh, no, honestly, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, my job today was to to be there for the boys in the first, more on the first part of the race, uh, getting the team in a good position and then uh, relaxing towards the end. Uh, towards the end of the race, uh, saving my legs for tomorrow, which is going to be uh, already big GC day um, up to Picon Blanco. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, seeing a bit of comments on the social medias that, uh, that uh, yeah, I lost time and, and stuff. But actually, yeah, uh, I'm not here to, to play my own card. And um, yeah, good to see the boys uh, also finishing safe and sound in the front today. Yeah, um, because there, there was a, quite a nasty crash around 4K to go um, after one of the roundabout. Uh, we got uh, we got Adam. Unfortunately, he was behind that crash and lost, uh, lost about 30 seconds there. Uh, but all good for him. Uh, luckily, he didn't he didn't hit the deck. So yeah, we're all safe and sound. Uh, one of them uh, stressful, a bit dodgy days. Done. Uh, I guess uh, it's always a challenge. You know, you never you never know how that will go. Tomorrow, first uh, first climbing test. I think is gonna be already. Um, yeah, already a great uh, a great indicator of uh, everyone's shape. How uh, how everyone is going. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm quite looking forward to that. Was to see how I'm going, how the boys are going, uh, how uh, or all our opponents are going. Um, not the hardest finish, but uh, yeah, we've done we've done that climb also in in uh, the Burgos last week. So yeah, it's good to know. It really really regular climb. Um, there is some really steep ramps, but then you you come onto flatter parts and quite open over the top. Apparently it's going to be headwind, so probably less attacks is not going to favor any attacks there because, yeah, as soon as you get in the wind on that uh, that upper part, is yeah, you better stay in the wheels, to be honest. And, yeah, really, really steep last ramp. Uh, I guess that's that's the ideal spot for an attack. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, I think, uh, very tactical, tactical finale for, obviously, for, for a man in shape. So yeah, uh, good, good to get that one done, um, and looking forward to to tomorrow. Really, um, it's gonna be a, gonna be a good test for everyone. Hello, my name is Joan Boa. I'm a rider for Euskal Euskadi, and this is my second year in the team my fourth year pro i worked before in an italian team and we are here racing 
at the Vuelta España and we've done the first two stages. Yesterday we did the time trial, a prologue of seven kilometers with some tricky roads at the beginning with a hilly start and a descent. And afterwards we had some avenues to to go very fast with the bike and we finished again in the cathedral beside the 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 start and today we finished this this the, the second stage no the it was a a bunch sprint uh, stage with 166 kilometers i think with very hot weather a bit less than yesterday but still very hot 33 34 degrees celsius and at the end the, the the wind didn't appear as hard as we thought and that was better for us so we were a much more relaxed in the bunch and at the end we we had three three of our riders in the top 20 and in the sprint it was there was a, a crash in the in the last three and a half kilometers i think and they they weren't caught in this crash and they could manage to go for a, for a good sprint. And at the end, we also managed to win the team classification. So it was quite a good date for us. And tomorrow will be another stage with a, the third stage with a finishing Picon Blanco was a very hard climb. And we, we think we can get some riders in the break and, and do a good job. So, see you in the next days. You've been listening to an episode of Kilometre Zero by the Cycling Podcast at the Vuelta a España. Thanks very much to our three audio diarists for their entries. If you have any questions for them, please do send them in. This episode was produced by Adam Bowie. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.